Extraordinary Unplugged, a podcast for people looking to create bigger, braver, more meaningful lives, people who are prepared to do what it takes to make it happen. The biggest thing that I found that when I came to stop playing football was really that I actually had to self-reflect to actually know I'm not good enough. This week, I met up with Jay, who lived the dream of playing professional football, had to make the heartbreaking decision to let it go, and eventually landed his dream job at Nike. Now he's found his true purpose in supporting young people from the Bain communities to overcome the block that he felt was in front of him. So Jay, I'm gonna start with the first question is, who are you? Tell us who Jay is. Jay is currently the head coach um, at Nike Town for men's performance. Previously a professional, semi-professional footballer for six years and worked for the last six years uh, in retail and now in what really is a, a dream job working for the biggest sport brand on the planet. In fact, it's interesting because I remember the first time we met, which is probably a few years ago now, and you weren't working for Nike. And uh, I said to you, what's your dream job? And you said, it's working for Nike. <laughs> and then I think your next thing is, but I don't think it's going to happen. Just tell us your story, because it's an interesting story. I never wanted to do anything but play football. And I grew up, as kind of every young kid does, playing football down at the local park with all of my friends. And from three o'clock after school up until it was time to get dragged home, that is all that I wanted to do. What I found that from my last year of school, I used to do a half day on a Friday because I used to go to training, which the school allowed me to do. And it then became apparent that actually this is something that I could do as a career. When I then found that that's something that actually could potentially happen, um, obviously I became more and more disciplined and it was unbelievable. I was on games, I was on Football Manager, FIFA, and to be actually paid to do something that I loved, I couldn't really get my head around it. How old were you when that happened? I first actually started getting paid from football when I was 19 years old. What was amazing was just the environment of waking up in the morning, going to football, training in the morning, having lunch afterwards. It was a real bond that I had um, to me with all of the, the players. Even in the off season, we had training camps that we'd go to together where we would be doing boxing first thing in the morning. The whole bonding around football was just something that I loved. And yeah, for me, you, I always thought it was something that was gonna only get better and better, but unfortunately it wasn't something that did happen. So what happened? What, at what point did you realise it wasn't going to happen for you? For me, I obviously fell out of professional football and full-time football. That was the first thing. Um, I then was playing semi-professionally, which I actually found the biggest challenge because of the behaviours and, and the way of football. Um, it, it really didn't kind of resonate well with me. The biggest thing that I found that when I came to stop playing football was really that I actually had to self-reflect to actually know I'm not good enough. No matter how much that I tried, um, I would only hit a certain level. And for me, that was something where I thought, you know what, I can carry on at this level. And if I keep playing, by the time that I'm 30, I'm gonna have to go out and get a job. And again, what made it harder was that a lot of my friends in football were making it. You do have those times, and I'm not afraid to admit it, when I did finally go to my family and kind of say to myself that like, this is something that I'm going to knock on the head. I, I was broken. I'd come out of football and I had no money and I didn't know, obviously, what 
what I wanted to do with myself. So I thought, you know what, I'm gonna have to go out and get a job and, and start again. And I went up and down the high street. Did you have any qualifications? Uh, no, when playing football, we were doing like college courses, but it wasn't anything where I, I looked at that on paper and thought, okay, right, I've got something to my name that's gonna help me when I get in front of um, someone when applying for a job. And I'd kind of built my CV with uh, the help of one of my sisters. And I, I kind of just went out to every single high street that was was local to me. And I thought, okay, right, let me let me just put my CV in everywhere. And for 12 months, I didn't hear one single phone call response. To walk along a high street, giving out your CV to every shop and every business along for over a year, every day, pretty much, that, that took something, didn't it? Just before I turned in 22, I thought to myself, for me to progress and develop and try and ha have the life that I'm trying to build, I've got to leave my ego at the door. And I've got to actually think, these people don't care that you've been playing football before. You're completely brand new, so show up, be your best, be yourself, be the best version of yourself, and, and just listen and learn. And hopefully, if I apply the, the hard work and dedication that I've learned from football, it can take me somewhere. And through John Lewis, I was really grateful because it did. What Jay did here is remarkable. Firstly, he had the courage to admit that he wasn't going to make it in football. And then secondly, he recognised that if he was going to create a new career for himself, he needed to start again and learn everything he could to get on. So you went on from John Lewis, you became a manager, more senior manager at Sainsbury's. Again, I thought apply these same methods and there's going to be tough times and uh, a long road ahead. But Sainsbury's were fantastic. They identified the fact that I was a potential senior leader in the making for them as a business. Um, and after 12 months in, in their business, they pointed me in the direction of yourselves and the Ivy House programme, which obviously then led on to a whole new way of life for me. Well, I think you were pretty much there though, because what I've just heard from your story is this clarity of, I know who I want to be. What you had within you right from the beginning was this clarity around, I'm going to show up as my best self. You can have all of the right people around you. You can have the best resources, but ultimately the buck does lie with you. Mm. That's why it is so important that no matter what you have around you and you get all of this great advice, you have to take accountability for your own action. So a quick question here for everyone who's listening. How much ownership are you taking for your life right now? How much ownership are you taking for how you feel on a day-to-day -day basis? How you turn up to school, to university, to your job? And what about your relationships? For all of us, ownership is central to living an extraordinary life. So you did that by really spending quite a lot of time thinking about what your dream job was. And I remember you saying, my passion is sport and I love retail. If I can build a world where both of those kind of come together, I'll feel like I have more of a purpose than, than I do and work won't feel like work. When you then start to make those first steps and then you start to see the responses coming through and the, do you mean the stars slowly aligning? That's when you're like, oh my God, I'm getting closer. And I love what you just said, the stars aligning, because I 
100% believe that when we put the intention out there and we show up with that in mind, so we're heading in the right direction, the stars do align. And it's just making sure that you can really build that network and connect with them because then when they find you... Because that's what you did, didn't you? Yeah. You reached out to everyone you could find on LinkedIn. I put the feelers out there, but I didn't hear anything back and I just thought, okay, here we go again. And then what was really weird is that I had a, a month, I'd gone on holiday to Berlin, and while I was there, I, I looked at my phone and then someone from Nike then reached, actually reached out to me and they were saying, we're looking for, for people like yourself, would, would you be interested in, in working for the brand? And yeah, I'll never forget that moment, so I just thought, oh my God, I'm getting close. <laughs> Incredible story and so many amazing messages in there for all of us. So I'm interested to know, what's what's your challenge right now? What's going on for you? As I've been climbing through that retail ladder, I've always looked at the senior leadership level of how is it that that's represented and actually thinking, do you know what, that those are the roles that I want to get after, but I'm struggling to see that there is that representation of black leaders in particular, as well as BAME. And for me, I never see it as a blocker because I want to be that change, but it's something that I'm looking at currently and think, is that something that is going to change? And I suppose, how do I go about that? What do I need to do? Do I need to reach out? Do I need to be the change? And I suppose that's something that certainly for myself and future looking, I'm supposed struggling a little bit with. Let's just take it back. And in fact, let me ask you a question. What would good look like for you? Imagine it had all happened as you wanted it to happen. What would it look like? Give me the vision. The ideal scenario would be just that I've put in all of this work and I know that I'm consistently growing, consistently learning. But then I also actually feel I've got the people around me that know how I feel and that actually know what it feels like to be in maybe those certain situations because I think it's difficult to have a, an environment where you may feel, you know what, you're not going to understand what that's like or not understand how that feels. And it's not just always about work, it's personally as well. Let's do them both. Give me a vision for your work. Where would you be in five years' time? That would be a senior director role within Nike. You're saying that shrugging your shoulders, <laughs> right? What would it look like? Give it, give me Jay in five, ten years' time. I don't mind the time, whatever it is. It would be Jay looking after football for Nike for the UK. Cool. Okay. Is that possible? I think so, yeah, I do. I believe that it's, it's within my power. The key thing is identifying... That's what I want to do. What, what, what do I need to do to get there? Perfect. Okay. Personally, give me the vision. I would say it would have to be to me really seeing a lot more young black children and teenagers coming through um, at entry level and feeling that there isn't a blocker. Did you feel there was a blocker in front of you? Yeah. The first thing is that there's a stereotype used to play football from South London, maybe a little bit cheeky, confident. So straight away, people start to paint a picture of you. And I suppose what I found really difficult was that playing football, I had racist comments, I had 
personal comments do you mean about my frame and body and I used to let that go of my head it never used to bother me but I suppose what I find really difficult is that when you're trying to start fresh and like I said I left my ego at the door when I went into first time work and you're so open and you're thinking do you know what I want to really learn I, I, I want to be in your business and I want to do all of your company values and I want to progress within your business but yet people have a stereotype of how you are going to be and I think for me the, 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 the real tough thing was is that well I can't change who I am I'm not going to start talking like I'm from a middle class or upper class family because I'm not and if you want me to be someone like that or I'm not it's best that I go my separate ways and I suppose for me, it, it was really identifying that if, can I not just be who I want to be and give you everything that I've got and develop? And if that's not enough, then I'm lost. And I suppose that's the biggest challenge that I find at the moment because I see it firsthand and I've seen it previously and I don't want that to be a blocker for any teenager, whether you're black, white, of any background, that you're not going to feel or because of this, this is going to stop me from getting where I want to be. Or I aspire to be in that position, but I know that I can't get there because of a, a perception that you may have of me. The strongest driver I'm hearing is about creating change in the world, is about getting rid of that block that someone from the BAME community actually may or may not feel about what's possible for them in their career. You want it to be open. You want it to be possible. But I'm also hearing about a drive for yourself to get on up there and actually be a role model for these people? For me, if we as senior leaders and above that at board and director level, if we do not start being brave and making the right decisions, things are not going to change and you're not going to see more black or BAME aspiring managers or leaders or whatever it may be in any kind of field of work change because it has to start from the top and what's really key about it is that it's not about filling a quota it's about doing what's right and ensuring that the right job is given to the right candidate but that we're not just saying okay we're going to do this because we feel that we we need to ensure that we're Ticking the boxes. Ticking the boxes yeah. and that we're actually, well, we're, we're, we're seen to be diverse. We'll, we'll look up, we'll actually know because that role might have been better suited for someone else that may, that may be white. So it's really key we build that in the right way. But I certainly feel that there's work to be done, but it's the way in which we do it. And it, there's got to be authenticity there as well. You know what I'm hearing? I'm hearing somebody that's discovered their purpose. <laughs> You have a story, you have a position where you can actually do something about this. So I'm interested in what you could do from where you are now, because I don't think it starts at the top. Yeah. I think it can start with anyone that is ready to step up and say, we need to create change and we need to create it in the right way. And then let's talk about what you need to do to maybe overcome some of the blocks that you have around seeing yourself at that top table. So what can you do from where you are now? What I can do and have begun to get in the process of is actually really being very open with the, the, the people within Nike Town and where I work at the moment, actually just saying, having, first of all, meaningful conversations. That, that's, that's, that's kind of how it starts. 
getting to know kind of the people that work with you, alongside you, sideways, underneath, whatever it may be, having meaningful conversations, I say, do you know, what, what do you want to do in life? And one of the key things I've actually started to do is that whether you want to progress in this business or you want to progress in another business, let's get you where you want to be. And it, it starts with that. So you can become their coach, their yeah. mentor, yeah. supporting them. I think that I have the responsibility to do that. I feel as a, a senior leader within Nike, it's my responsibility to do everything that I can to support you in the time that you're working within Nike, but also the influence that I may be able to be able to um, apply in your personal life as well. It's very easy when we come up against a huge social issue like racism, to believe that we are powerless, to believe that there must be someone up there who's better equipped to create change. But change doesn't work that way. Change happens when enough people stand up and call for change and do it in a way that makes it easy for them to be heard. Okay, so I'm hearing you can coach a mentor downwards. What can you do? upwards and across i think the first thing is actually being very clear about how people feel and i think that what i need to do is actually make it very apparent from my position as well as those junior to me of how they currently feel but it's very important that it's done in the right way completely and i think that if it's not it can be seen as either negative or it could be seen as that too disruptive yeah and i suppose again which is very apparent and this isn't just in do you mean the corporate world or the business world it's in every walk of life you look at sport people are afraid to speak up so you've hit on the the right thing and there's a skill there so there's a skill around talking so people will listen the story you just told about when you started at John Lewis, you were there going, you know, I'm, I'm here to learn. I want to build a career. I've just spent 12 months walking the streets to get this job, right? I'm not going to muck this up. But you believe that people saw you through a certain lens. They had a vision of you and it wasn't who you, you were. So just that story, just actually standing in front of senior people and going, you need to know what's going on in their heads. Yeah. yeah. And how they experience what is what happens in this business. So actually, if you have the ability to speak in a way to be heard, and lots of people don't have that ability, speak so others will listen, then you have a duty to do that. Yeah. You've had your own experience, you have the connection to the people that work for you. And from a place of love and respect an opportunity to create change and recognize that people are only where they are with their thinking because they went on a different journey to you. Yeah. We have to think more about what makes us the same, not what makes us different. Not creating enemies, but assuming that the people that we work for and with want to do the right thing. Starting from that place and going, if we're here together to do the right thing, then maybe I've got something to add to this story. I think it's really, really key. Like the change that you want to make, that you're looking to your senior leaders above you to actually understand, don't go in with the intention that it's all going to go wrong. So if we're going to stand up and do something, create some change in this world, then actually we have to let go of that belief because all, that's all it is, 
It's a belief we've got into. And this is where your two stories come together, okay? Because what I hear is a real energy around creating change so that people from whatever background they come from will be seen for who they really are. And you know what? We all know there's people from every different race and background, some of which show up really well, some of which don't want to work. That's the important thing is that we show up seeing people for who they really are and we care and we support them and we teach them and we educate them. And then what you've just pinpointed then is things that go on for you, even though everything you've been through is going, oh, but if I go and have those conversations, they might think I'm a troublemaker. I think that's the perception that we create. I think what, for me, it's, I, I always felt that I'm always caught in school. I was always caught up in trouble or so I just thought, you know what, I'm now going into an environment where no one's going to know me, know my background and I can, I can go in clean. But I am on the back foot because I'm actually creating a lens and being defensive because I think, oh, but what if they think that? Because if, if, if you, the minute you're going in defensive, straight away, this wall is created. And then maybe when the conversation starts to go, not in the way you'd like it to, things then start getting revved up even more and you become more defensive than you should even need to be or shouldn't be at all. So no, you, you're, you're 100% right. You, you've just said it. If you go in with a lens, it's not going to go well. They're going to think X, Y, and Z of you. What do you think they might think of you? I suppose that if I was to go in with, with what I really want to say, is that going to affect my future? Is that going to affect things later on? Or is that going to have a certain thought about my work? And it's like... That is all completely separate. It's got nothing to do with it. So why are you allowing a thought like that to even come into your mind? What's spiked that as well is that it's not something that's new. And I think that's something that everyone's kind of fully aware of. But it's, it's been spiked even more around the events that have obviously occurred this year. So I think it's just really, it's not teaching people to suck eggs or about educating. But I think it's just really actually sitting down and just saying, hey, do you know what? this is what's on my mind and this is what's on the mind of maybe other people. And what I really want to do is I want to be the change. And I actually think this is what I want to do. What are your thoughts on it? It's really easy to talk oneself out of taking action if you begin to imagine all the bad things that could happen if you do. The important thing to remember is that the impact we have is totally within our control because it's us who gets to choose how we behave in the moment. We can choose to show up angry and blaming others or we can choose to show up respectful and looking to work with them to do good. So what I'm hearing is you feel you need to do it but actually there's a collective. How do you join forces and do good? For somebody of 17, 16, 18 years old that's first starting off, I would really want them to feel there's no blocker, there's nothing stopping me from being who I want to be and I can just show up as myself and be who I want to be and develop in whether it's in this business or any other and I've got that support around me. There will be blocks, but it's how we respond to those blocks. You get those blocks no matter where you come from. They just come in different forms. Yeah. So there are blocks, but we have a choice about, and you you had blocks, one block after the other, but you climbed over them. Yeah. Helps that you're six foot eight <laughs> or whatever you are. But you just climbed over them and kept going and fell over 
and got a bit despondent and picked yourself up. There are blocks in life. We're never going to be able to take those away from people. But what we can do is give them the resilience and the confidence and the self-worth to know that it's not about them. It's just about life. Life is a contact sport. Stuff happens. Yeah. Yeah, and and we can keep going. So if we can give people that self-belief, the resilience, the ability to, to keep going and believe in themselves, then we've done our job, haven't we? Making people actually understand that you're going to hit a bump in the road, but when you do, that doesn't mean that it's game over. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. What are you going to take from this conversation? I think for me, certainly, the actions of, of what I can do next. So I think for me, it's just about being very courageous in actually speaking about how I feel and what I would like and what I feel we can do collectively to change a current perception that maybe not people have of of the business that I work in, but I suppose um, of kind of any business out there or just life as a whole, because it's not about necessarily progressing within one business. I think it's just about progressing and and moving forward in in life as a whole. So what we're talking about here is you taking a leadership role. I mean, you already have a leadership role, but it's taking a leadership role within the business and going, hey, we're good and we could be better. Yeah. And I'd love to be a part of that. So you said, I'm going to go out there and be courageous. Well, I'm going to ask you to go out there, be courageous and compassionate, compassionate to the people you're talking with and actually work together with people because it's together we'll create change. It's just about finding the right people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, finding those people that care like you care. So connecting with people, working together with courage and compassion. So Jay, as you know, I always ask people to write a letter to their 17-year-old self. And, and the reason for that, of course, is while we can seek learning outside of us, most of the learning is already within us. So would you like to share your letter with us? Jay, no dream is too big and nothing is out of your reach. Understand what makes you truly happy and know what your strengths are. You're now on a path to greatness. You have absolutely no control whatsoever of what is going to come your way and the event that will unfold. Do not prepare for the unexpected, but instead embrace every experience along the way. Do not be afraid. Challenge the status quo in front of you. And if it makes you happy, then completely own it. Know yourself, know what your values are and what is important to you. Not your friends, not a partner, only you. Everyone wants to be seen to be living the perfect life and showcase how happy they are. Do not feel you have to please others or seek anyone else's approval. Be the best version of yourself and nobody else. Fail fast. You will fall along the way and you will make mistakes along the way. You'll make really, really big mistakes, but this is all part of the journey. And it's about how many times you pick yourself up and go again. It's about how much you learn from your mistakes and how much you learn about yourself. You might be angry, you might be sad, and there are times you might even be really embarrassed, but don't let these temporary feelings stop you. You and only you are in control of your destiny. If you want something bad enough, you can and will make it happen. We can't choose the events in our life, but we can choose the behavior. Thank you. How did it feel writing that? I think at the start, quite tough because I was putting myself in my shoes of, of, of what I was doing and how I felt at that age. And even though for me, I was on 
a path to actually very good things. And I really reflected on, I suppose, what was then coming down the line and actually what's about to happen is actually okay. But when all of the negative and all of the the bad things that then start to occur, we start to try and fix these things and we start to try and put blockers in place and actually you, you have to understand that it's, it's all part of the journey. You've been listening to Extraordinary Unplugged, brought to you by Pixel, our wonderful sponsors, and Ivy House, a team on a mission to bring life-changing learning to students, teachers, and corporate organisations. If you know anyone that would benefit from this podcast, please share it. And to hear more, please subscribe. To find out more about Ivy House, you can visit us at ivyhouse.co.uk.